red flags, but okay podcast beginning in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, Jen. Hey, what's up? You know, just the usual. It's super hot. I don't have pants on. <laughs> you got your blanket fort. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a blanket fort cons- consisting of command hooks and a gigantic <laughs> yellow blanket. Um, so what's new with you? Anything fun? How was your Halloween? Um, it was good. I was a cactus. I you explain so it to good. a lot of people. Really? I had to... I had to do the like cactus arm pose for okay. people to get it. Somebody asked if I was a Christmas present. Oh, I would not. I to me, but maybe I just know what you are already, so I'm biased. But to me, you look exactly like a cactus. I we're gonna have to put a picture of your costume on the Instagram because it was yeah. really good. <laughs> I really <laughs> liked it. It was very shout out Pinterest. Yeah, it was such a good costume. I love a homemade costume. All about homemade costumes. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally had to home make Olive's Luna Lovegood costume uh, very soon. Because it turns out it takes 100 years for anything to come in the mail. And sometimes stuff just doesn't ever come and disappears into customs. So her Ravenclaw robes didn't make it. And so her Ravenclaw robes were made out of a fitted sheet and a pillowcase in the middle of the night. And it looked great because I'm an amazing <laughs> mother. It looked really good. And I made the little sigil out of felt and... Uh, I got arthritis from the experience. <laughs> okay. Conspiracy we'll theory. Some yeah. customs worker's daughter was probably Luna Lovegood for Halloween and just marked your package as lost. There have been some intense conspiracy theory male incidences happening um, that I will get into when we take a break because I don't want to say it uh, <laughs> on the podcast, but there have been some things happening with my mailbox and with my mail in general that I think that there's something afoot. But anyway, we are weird flex, but okay. We've already been, re- we've already been on Skype for 20 something minutes. We've been recording for two minutes. We have so much to say to each other right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's only been a week, which is like our standard yeah. kind of break up, at least video chatting. We mm-hmm. talk to each other literally every day. Actually, yesterday, each of us asked if the other one was mad because we were both busy. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a common thing. Usually like one of us yeah. is busy and we're like, hey, you mad at me? Yeah. I'm always like, oh, I'm no, giving you space. And you're life. like, I want the opposite of space. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> coming to live inside your body on my way. <laughs> on my way to inhabit you as a skin suit, which is what we've always wanted. <laughs> Wait, so if you inhabited my body as a skin suit uh-huh. and the skin is, what did we say? Like 15% of your body weight? I think it was like 10, 10 to 15 or something like that. 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. So would that double it then? Would we be like almost 30% skin? Yeah, because I mean, I guess I would still have my skin. Or would we still be 15% because we doubled everything else? Oh. But how do I get in? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Trigger warning, skinlessness. <laughs> All right. In my head, so- I'm unzipping you like you like I'm a reptilian and I'm climbing in. <laughs> Okay, so the topic today is not skin. No. What is it? It's bed knobs and broomsticks. I'm broomsticks. And I'm bed knobs. And who starts? Because you are the start czar. You know what happens here. No, you don't know. Your face tells me you don't. (laughs) I'm going to say you start. Yeah, sure. I feel like that's just as likely. (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. Okay. So, 
Jennifer, have you ever heard the phrase jumping the broom? Yes. Okay. I don't recall at all what it means, but I do remember hearing that phrase. Probably read it somewhere. Probably. Um, well, that is actually very likely. So in some weddings, particularly those of African-American people, the couple will jump over a broom together to seal their matrimony. The origins of the phrase are equal parts crappy and hopeful, highlighting both the obscene levels of oppression enslaved people endured and the ways they kind of worked around and through the oppression to achieve their goals and show their love in the face of it all. It's a it's a really interesting story, and it was something I actually didn't know the background of it at all. So it was nice to, to research it and find out. So the act itself has some very like convoluted origins. It was used in Europe during the mid to late 18th century to refer to irregular marriages and elopement. At the time, marriages outside of the Anglican church were not recognized, which we know because that was the subject of like many many a plot had to do with marriages outside of the church and the oh, yeah. ch pretty much the Anglican church hot takes with Kate was completely invented to make some people allowed to get married and some people not allowed to get married. <laughs> that was pretty much the entire <laughs> purpose of the Anglican church. Um, so uh, basically one thing leads to another tradition wise and five, six, seven, eight jump over a broom and you're married. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you could go through this giant, like, well, it's possible that this thing, and it was remarked in this book in, you know, 1714 and all this kind of stuff, but it kind of over time things happen and who knows why. And then it became jumping over a broom and you could elope. Seems kind of silly, but you know, just as valid as any other tradition. So, um, Evidence suggests that when it comes to African-American tradition, it's the sharing of stories and histories and knowledge between black and white Americans early in the life of the country that brought this forward as a way for enslaved people to marry one another. Um, why couldn't they just get married the old fashioned way, you ask? You didn't ask, <laughs> but I'm asking for you. Um, well, their enslavers and the government wouldn't let them. In the eyes of the government, disgustingly, enslaved people did not have rights and therefore could not consent to marriage. Additionally, marriage of two people gave them rights over one another. Enslavers didn't like that. They felt that only they could have rights over those people. And uh, kind of in the face of this, enslaved people found a way to show their love and make it official by, you guessed it, jumping over a broom. It's kind of nice. I mean, it's a terrible thing that it ever had to happen. Let me say that straight off the bat. The fact that it ever had to happen and that one group of people could decide the rights of another person in that way is sickening. And it's a reality that a lot of people have trouble looking back on. Um, but it is, it is kind of fascinating that they were able to find a way to say, we're, we're going to do this anyway. Um, so symbolism and tradition is hugely powerful in legitimizing things in our minds. If you think of things like wedding rings, kind of conveying ownership over one another, which some people hate, some people love. I don't wear a ring, but it's because my I wash a lot of dishes. Um, <laughs> but it's it's very validating. Something very simple can be very validating. And I find that fascinating psychology-wise. And it's it's powerful and beautiful in that way. Um, when Black people were able to legitimately legally marry, the tradition faded, though some communities still continued it. 
Um, it was revived after the book and miniseries Roots came out, where they show some enslaved people jumping over the broom to get married. And it reminded people of its origins and its power. So that is Jumping the Broom. That is cool. It is a bummer how it originated, but I do enjoy a good, like, wedding tradition. I do too. And I think there's, there's so, there's so many of them, like the two mm-hmm. candles lighting one candle and, you yeah. know, the, you know, crushing a glass, mazel tov, you know, that's pretty cool. Did you have any weird, or I guess not weird, but unusual traditions <laughs> at your wedding? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you no, just we ate a cactus pretty... together because we're from Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just like, danced with the coyotes and the javelinas <laughs> in the desert. I could see it. I There's something so like you and Joe don't seem like you're from Tucson to me. But then also <laughs> I don't know anyone else from Tucson. So I can't maybe everybody's like you there. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty interesting place. It seems like it would be. Desert people, you know. Desert people. Yeah. So, But you're up. That was Jumping the Broom. All right. I'm going to talk about The Devil's Bedpost. Oh. Ooh. So The Devil's Bedpost, also sometimes known as The Devil's Four-Poster Bed, is not what you're probably thinking of. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a nickname for the playing card, The Four of Clubs. Oh. Okay. It's based on the fact that the four clubs on the card kind of resembles like bedposts with the bed knobs when you like look at it. Okay. So, um, and it's got the nickname the devil's bedpost, the devil portion, because it's considered by some, um, some of these playing card fanatics that are out there that it's an unlucky card and it will ruin any hand it's played in. So a lot of the really superstitious players are not happy when they get a forest clubs and that's because it'll ruin their, their hand. And that's oh. why it's called the bed post. It's bad luck. And I did see also, um, I don't remember the source cause it was when I was like flipping through all the devil's bed post source, but I did see something <laughs> about how, if you're doing, um, like a tarot card reading with a regular deck of cards, okay. it like it represents something bad. Oh, so. I've never, I, I mean, I've heard of people doing that. But uh, I've never even put that much thought into reading tarot with a regular deck of cards. That, oh, that seems very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and not as fun. No, not at all. The part of tarot readings is the cards are so beautiful. I know. I have a really good tarot set, too. Mine's very, very cool. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Day for getting me the coolest tarot set of all time. But that's really interesting. I've never, I'm not a card person. I don't play a lot of cards. I can play gin rummy. But I've never in my life heard of the Devil's Bedpost. Same. I was very surprised that it was referencing cards when I. Is your apartment haunted right now? Uh, no. There's a car alarm going off, and then somebody it has their emergency lights on. I think, and okay. is... <laughs> it from my vantage point, it looks like your apartment is super haunted. So, because it's like the lights are like blinking. <laughs> and you had no reaction whatsoever to just blinking lights in the darkness. I didn't think about how that would have would have seemed. Okay. 
Well, that was really cool. I, I wish I, I wish I knew more about like card superstitions. Maybe we'll be able to come up with a topic at some point that. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot. I tried not to look too much into them in case we did get to oh, yeah. that. So that's why I was like flipping through a lot of like pages is because I didn't want to like spoil any other weird facts. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Okay. So I think this is something that we can all show at least mild interest in. And it is a little bit still Halloween-y. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so you and I and nearly every bookish kid of our generation are Harry Potter fans. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. I was hoping you would. Uh, <laughs> what would have happened if I said no? I would have uh, ended the recording. I would have stepped away and probably <laughs> taken a few days to myself. No. Um, so let's say, hypothetically speaking, that you are a billionaire with some cash to spend and you happen upon a Harry Potter memorabilia auction. <laughs> what do you go for first? What's your like one Harry Potter memorabilia thing that you're like, oh, that's that's the one that's for me? Oh, I feel like it would might be one of the cloaks. Ooh, that would be good. That would be really cool. I mean, I don't know. Or um, like one of their books. Oh yeah. Well, that's actually uh, the a handwritten copy of Beale the Bard is one of the highest highest uh harry potter memorabilia things ever but it was not screen used it was it's just like one of the things that sold for the most money i think it sold for a, for a ton of money at charity like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars but um for myself i'm not really sure what exactly it would be it would be something very maybe like because i also jive like my daughter i jive with luna lovegood quite a bit maybe like her lion head dress or something that'd be pretty cool Ooh, um, a snitch would be a good one too one of the snitches would be, oh that would be nice those are so intricate so for uh one lucky collector out there though they were able to snag harry's own training broom for the low low price of eleven thousand five hundred dollars wow yes um, so for reference, Harry's glasses went for $20,000 and Sirius Black's tattered linen overcoat went for $17,000. So Gosh. yeah, nearly $12,000 was kind of a steal for the training broom. What I found interesting is I'm assuming there's a prop house somewhere who's not giving up the Nimbus 2000. Of course not. Because this is the training broom from the first movie. This yeah. is not his Nimbus. So I'm assuming that there's no way to get a Nimbus. Oh, I would assume the same. Because that would be the coolest thing to have. That would be, I would put it like over my mantle. Like That's probably mounted. in that uh, museum in London. That's actually probably it. But yeah, that was, uh, I don't Harry's glasses, I really thought they would go for more. I mean, there's got to be think, like a but, ton of pairs. But then I was thinking like, also, it's, there's probably so many versions of his glass. Because I think even Daniel Radcliffe said he that was like prop he stole was. yeah. A pair of the glasses. But yeah, that was uh, his training broom, which for, to, from what I've seen in my extensive research was the only screen used broom that was sold at auction. That's pretty cool, too, because it's like it's the first movie. Yeah, that's the, and it's also like his first broom. His first broom. Yeah, so. it is kind of cool. With so. Some very dubious CGI. <laughs> some of the worst CGI <laughs> of all the movies was that <laughs> that scene. I respect it. I do too. It was to me, it was 
life-changingly cool when I first saw it. That was such a cool thing. But <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm trying to remember exactly what the high, I think the highest, the highest one was, it was like over $500,000 was the chair that JK Rowling wrote the book sitting in like her oh, kitchen chair. So that I don't care about that. No. Is it just me? Am I am I a boring book person that that doesn't mean anything to me? That doesn't really mean anything to me because, like, she probably didn't sit in it the whole time she wrote the book. That's what I'm like, saying. That's a lot of right. She sat in her couch. She sat in her couch like the rest of us. So. She did not sit at her kitchen table in this, like, board straight chair. Also, J.K. Rowling having comically lost favor in the eyes of many, uh, many yeah. people. It doesn't really have the same. I, if you were the person who bought it for like $550,000, you'd kind of just like, dang it. She was a yeah. national treasure. But yeah, that is uh, the Harry Potter's training broom going for $11,500 at auction. Very cool. Mm -hmm. The price of a car. <laughs> but you can't even ride this broom. <laughs> well, I'm going to do a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink to our German listeners again. Give hey. them a German story. Um, and it's also going to be a little throwback reference to our episode, Sick and Tired. Oh, a good episode. Yeah, you may recall I discussed sleep paralysis. And a famous picture that depicts the nightmare creature. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about this creature a little bit. So it's called an alp. An alp? Like ALP? Like ALP, like okay. the mountain, but singular. Okay, I've never heard that in my whole life. I'm fascinated. It originated in German folklore. Okay typically male and its victims are typically female at night so basically it's the german folklore version of brock turner <laughs> <laughs> he comes in at night and controls your dreams and gives you vivid horrible nightmares and it will continue to attack you until it's sufficiently repelled just like feeds off of it sits on your chest and so that's what kind of gives you that sleep paralysis, like pressure on your chest, can't breathe, can't move. You have Alp sitting on your chest, giving you nightmares. Hate it. Hate, hating it top to bottom. Um, luckily, one of the steps that you can do to keep an Alp away from you is by hanging iron horseshoes from your bedpost. Oh, so go ahead and do that and you'll be good. No sleep. So if you experience sleep paralysis, please hang some iron horseshoes on your bedposts and let us know if that helps. Is it, do you know why it is that they're afraid of the iron? It's iron. I just, would assume. Yeah. Would iron is just, yeah. It's just a thing. Creatures hate especially, it. Especially yeah, like fairies usually don't like iron and mm -hmm. elves. Lots of creatures. Iron is kind of a. That's very cool. Um, I have no way of obtaining horseshoes at this time, um, but I also don't. Uh, knock on wood, have sleep paralysis. I am. I almost have. I almost have sleep paralysis. Paralysis, where I'm so scared <laughs> I'm going to get sleep paralysis. <laughs> like that's almost the thing that's getting me. 
<laughs> but that's that's really fascinating. I've never heard of that ever in my life. And you know I love a cryptid. You would think it would be like a cute little thing. An owl. Owl. Yeah. Oh, it's an owl. But no, it is it is a monster. Is that what the German Alps are named after? Are there Alps in Germany? I'm gonna cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> I got so much heat from us with the where's the certain airport and where's the mountains oh my <laughs> like, please cut that out <laughs> oh my god not let me live that down <laughs> listen calm down <laughs> okay i'm gonna start off this segment by saying that uh this particular topic is not safe for children's ears i'm going to discuss it as straightforward as possible but if you want to skip this topic and just this topic um don't skip the rest of it because it's good we have good stuff, <laughs> but if you, uh, if you want to skip, just go forward about five minutes ahead and you'll get past it. It's pretty brief, not a very long one. And you can come back and listen when you are childless, um, hopefully not permanently childless. <laughs> so, um, Jen, have you ever wondered why exactly witches ride broomsticks? I have wondered. Okay. I'm going to tell you now because I'm full of information. <laughs> Do. All right. So the answer is a tiny bit complicated and probably uh, not what you're thinking of when you see the Halloween decorations and the cards from grandmas and stuff of witches flying in, on broomsticks past a glowing they moon. Spent almost $12,000 on a movie prop and needed to make it actually worth it. I can almost guarantee that someone somewhere is doing this type of broomstick riding with their Harry Potter training broom. Um, so, so as we've covered previously um, in our episodes, particularly on, um, on the Witches and Warlocks episode, women practicing natural medicine were the primary target for witch accusations. Some of these women concocted a little bit more than just medicine, though. Tons of different herbs and substances were adapted over time to you to be used to hallucinate. Of course, drugs. Drugs are hell of a drug. So yep. like deadly nightshade and mandrake and of course our good old friend ergot are among the favorites. One crappy side effect of ingesting these substances, though, is that they make you barf or they make you nauseous if you don't end up barfing at all. So people didn't want to orally consume them. Okay. One simple way to combat this was to mix up a poultice and apply it to the skin. This would take a little while to bring on the desired effect. The easiest way to speed up the process and get super turned on bread mold um, is to <laughs> get that bad boy into a mucous membrane. <laughs> so snort it, right? That's uh, where no. we're going with this. <laughs> no. Um, these early pharma gals would apply the balm to the end of a broomstick and then apply that broomstick to their lady bits. Oh. Yeah. So once you're high as hell and hallucinating your face off, who knows what else you'll be getting into in the perceived privacy of your own witch's shack on the outskirts of a village. Okay. And thus, witches riding broomsticks was born. No, good for them. You know what? I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. If that's how you want to do it, it's pretty smart that they were able to come up with like, that's the way to get it into your body the fastest with the least amount of, uh, the least amount of nausea, essentially. So, yeah. but yeah, so it it's just born of 
a way for people to to more quickly and get high with less side effects. Very nice. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool one. I thought that was because that's like the classic of broomsticks. Yeah. And also now every time you see like a children's book or something of like a witch <laughs> riding a broomstick, you're going to be like, just oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's witches riding broomsticks. Very cool. Um, so mine kind of has a like warning, like content warning. Oh, um, are I'm we a not, not safe for going. work podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I am not um, going into a lot of detail on this person because there are literally entire like three-part podcast episodes on this person. So it will be very vague, but... Oh, I'm excited. could be disturbing. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about Ed Gein's homemade bed knobs. Oh, boy. <laughs> so if you live under a rock and don't know who Ed Gein is... He is a serial killer, and he is probably most well-known for his nifty crafts made from parts of his victims and some of the corpses that he stole from graveyards. Yeah, somebody should have pointed this guy in the direction of a Michaels, honestly. Honestly, he's very talented craft-wise, but um, his supplies, yeah, no questionable. He, he had too much time on his hands. He has inspired numerous horror movie characters. Oh, yeah, um, big time. Because, you know, he would, like, literally make masks of human skin. And, oh, yeah. Big yeah, Buffalo so, Bill vibes. Yeah. So um, a lot of notable items were, like, curtain poles made from lips, mm. a lampshade, and some chairs made from human skin. Okay, valid. And the bed knobs adorning his bedposts were, in fact, human skulls. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> here we are. I'm, I'm sure he is probably not the first person in history to have, like, human skulls. Mm -hmm. it, seem, it seems very Viking. Yeah. But considering, like, it was fairly modern times and the fact that he was just murdering innocent people and or stealing just innocent people's bodies from graves. Mm -hmm. Not cool. Yeah. I mean, listen, do you, do you know after you die, what happens to your body? Probably not. No. But sh does that mean that you belong to the collective? No. Well, <laughs> Leave him alone. So if you would like to know more, um, Ed Gaines childhood and upbringing, his mom was straight crazy. Um, lots of issues with that. And if you would like to learn more all about him, you can definitely listen to pretty much any true crime podcast mm -hmm. or serial killer podcast covers him at some point. Yeah, there um, is a, I think there, I think it's at least a three, possibly a four parter from uh, last podcast on the left where they cover every single detail. It is wild. Like yeah. his child, he said his mom super crazy oh so his yeah. child really messed up um and then everything he's done just yeah i think listen listen to me now um there is something 
so heinous about grave robbing and it doesn't have to do with like for me with like a religious belief of like grave consecration and like leaving graves alone and stuff like of course you should do that because that's just the right thing to do but just the idea of gross bodies yes and then to like make a chair out of it or i I, was there a nipple belt belt? yes yeah i feel like nipple belt was one of the most famous things yeah um he had like hearts and organs and boxes and but, I mean who among us doesn't? <laughs> First of all. I have I have a jar of ostrich eyeballs in my kitchen. That's very true. You do. I was there when you got them. I do. I have a I have a mouse rib cage, ostrich eyes, I've got a, a framed bat. But I'm not digging people up to get body parts. And I'm not going to. Those yep, that's Ed Gein's, um, very unique bed knobs. Super fascinating. I actually, I have heard many a thing about Ed Gein. I didn't know about the bed knobs. I, I need to see an itemized list of what his home looked like. Well, I have a short list. <laughs> course, so <laughs> I've seen like, there is a couple crime scene photos and stuff, um, that I've seen from like the Ed Gein case. And it just the house was just so dirty that it like it, oh, yeah. I can't look at it because it just like it was just hoarder house type of thing and I was just like you know what I'm gonna check out of this one yeah one of the stuff he was hoarding made from human body parts yeah, just because I I I have a bad case of imaginary smell of vision and when I look at stuff we went over this also in witches and warlocks with Pazuzu Algarod I can see something and know what it smells like oh, he was a smelly guy that's right okay so. Going back to our skin math. <laughs> <laughs> skin His math. House You're going was... to make a skin math meme. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that was great. Thank you. Thank you so great. much. Okay. I'm taking us away from the problematic. As far away, actually, as you could get from it. And that is curling. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, very problematic. Not an Olympic sport. I was watching curling last night. I was For watching sure. the 2000. Shut up. You know, I was up until two o'clock in the morning. Shut your face. I can see in your face. Thoroughly. So I was watching. <laughs> listen to me. I was watching the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics curling, men's curling <laughs> final. Recent curling. USA won. Listen to me. USA won. Okay. Yes. No, because I saw it. I heard about it two years ago when it happened. I know. <laughs> Listen, I <laughs> I go through a lot at night. I spend time with children during the day. The night is mine. The night's okay. for me. And what Continue. I choose to do is already put up my Christmas decorations for one, and then for two. Which it's my life. If you have a problem with that, you can just kiss my whole butt because it's my life. I want to put Christmas decorations up. And then also I watch Olympic curling. But anyway, do you have a favorite Olympic sport? Um, I do enjoy swimming just because like Michael Phelps is okay. not human in swimming. No, no, but no. I also really love like all winter sports, winter Olympic sports. Like they just, I don't know what it is, but they're just yeah. also fun. I jive with the winter Olympics more than the summer Olympics. And I think it's because the Winter Olympics has more unusual sports in it that are things that. Yeah. What is it? When know. they. Is it the luge? When they get in the. 
the little like cart and they race down the oh, it's all the people I, in it. Yeah, yeah, I love the. Oh, I, what was it? Uh, now I can't even remember that. I can't. Somebody in my life is going to destroy me for not being able to remember the the Jamaican bobsled movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool yeah. Runnings. There you go. Cool <laughs> Runnings. Okay. All right. So uh, personally, the Winter Olympics are a perfect opportunity to cheer for sports that I would never see otherwise, mostly because I always live near a coast and in a warm place. And so snow and ice related sports are just something that's like really not in my wheelhouse at all. And I also get to become a completely unqualified armchair expert, which is very fun for me. So um, curling is one of the best examples of this sport that is so far out of our wheelhouses. Um, and it's fascinating to watch tons of little intricate rules and just it's so cool to me. So in curling, a player glides a 44-pound granite disc called the Rock, um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's called Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne uh, the Rock Johnson is on the ice. Curl. I, yes, of course. Um, he's just curled up in a little ball with a handle on top. Um, so there is a handle on top, and they, they glide it down the ice, and two players feverishly sweep in front of the stone to aid it in some mysterious way. Why exactly are they sweeping? Well, the sweeping smooths the surface of the ice. I can't say sweeping without getting a bunch of spit in my mouth. Let me drink something. Okay. For some reason, I've been using too many asses. Um, so the sweeping smooths the surface of the ice and it reduces the friction and helps it glide further. It also warms up the ice, which makes it, instead of being just an ice layer, there's also a water layer that makes it easier for the granite stone to slide down. Um, and the players also, they know exactly where and how hard to sweep and when to stop to get the stone exactly where they want it to go. So the slower the stone is moving down the ice, the more, because they, they make a rotation on the stone using the handle as they release it, the slower it's moving, the more the stone is going to curve or curl down the ice. The faster it's moving the less it's going to curl. So if they're going to smooth out that ice and warm it up and, and make it so that it glides faster, it's not going to curve and curl as much. So it's very, very cool physics wise how that works. And I could, I could watch curling all day. I did watch it for three hours in the middle <laughs> of the night. I'm going through a lot right now. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of a beautiful thing to watch, honestly. So, um, but early on in the sport, the brooms were made of corn fiber. These were very rough and they looked more or less like your traditional house broom because they were kind of just house brooms. Um, this is the very early days of the sport. Um, as it's gone on, the broom has been streamlined and it's become much more high tech and it's made of synthetic fiber. Some of them don't have fibers at all. They're essentially like rubber, very dense rubber spongy type of things on them. And then they have these super lightweight carbon fiber or aluminum handles so that they can just go at like a pyretic pace sweeping and it's not very heavy at all. Um, if you are a physics nerd at all, so uh, just a person who's really fascinated by, I don't know, like fluid dynamics and friction and that type of thing, like please sit down sometime and watch some curling. It's really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's a neat study in just physics in general and how like these 
basically just Minnesota dudes, their, their ability to understand exactly where this is going to go based on the speed <laughs> they throw it and how much they freaking sweep. I really need to just go more into the history of like how curling got started. Also, they have to have like extremely strong forearms. I feel yeah. like to do that, like sweeping motion really quickly. Like I feel like my forearms are cramping just thinking about it. I love a sport where the people who are playing the sport do not look like athletes. That brings me more joy than I can ever explain. <laughs> it like, would be hilarious to watch like some of these other like winter Olympic athletes get out there and try, and try to, to yes, try to do it. Cause it's all about like, it's all about your skill level. And it's very, you know, once you get to a point where you're the best at whatever sport you do, it's, it's about skill and it's about your body being perfectly adapted to that. So yeah, they probably have Popeye the sailor man forearms. Mm -hmm. But that's curling for you. Very interesting. Thank you. I <laughs> felt so too. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take a little journey. We're going to go to Annapolis, Maryland. Oh, been there. Um, and we're going to visit a bar called the Ram's Head Tavern. Okay. The building that it's located in has been around since probably like the 1700s and it's the home of Amy's story. So back Amy? in the day, okay. Yeah. Back in the day, Ram's head tavern was actually known as the crown and dial. And okay. Amy was a woman who could be hired by a man and be taken upstairs. Of course. If you it. know what that <laughs> sure do. Lady of the night. Uh-huh. One day, Amy, who was only 16 at this time. Oh, no. Amy met a sailor who was at port in Maryland, and she went upstairs with him. And it seems things were going really well because there was lots of noise. And everyone was laughing, like, ha, 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 like, hear the bed squeaking. And, you know, um, dust was started falling from the ceiling. And then oh. parts of the ceiling itself started falling down. So the patron oh, no. that were underneath it moved out of the way just in time for the bed to crash through the ceiling. And it crashed at an angle where, unfortunately, Amy fell off and broke her neck. Oh, Amy, so young. So now, if you are to go visit Ramshead Tavern, you can still see the bedpost from Amy's bed embedded in the ceiling. Is it really? Left it embedded in the ceiling. Embedded? Embedded. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're real lucky, you just might catch a glimpse of Amy herself, who is said to still frequent the location. Don't you dare ever, ever tell Jen she can't put a ghost into a topic. <laughs> she will find a way. Did I Google haunted bed knobs? Yes, I did. And Google <laughs> delivered. I like that. I mean, obviously, I don't like that because it was a 16-year-old sex worker who was yes. abused and then died. But I love a good ghost. And I love I like a good mishap. Mm -hmm. Her bed knob is still in the ceiling to this day and she still haunts the place. So wow. Amy, we respect you. 
We do. Good we, to bring the ceiling down. Yeah, we're eulogizing Amy on this day. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Okay, so do you remember in February of this year, which seems like 100, <laughs> do you remember February at all, first of all? Because <laughs> no, I don't. But do you remember in February when everyone was all up in arms about brooms? Yes. Okay. <gasps> Are you talking about what, whatever the broom challenge or whatever? Yes. Which, okay. Here's my, here's my challenge. Here's my 2020, 2021 challenge. Uh, stop calling everything challenges. Every time you do something, it's not a challenge. How stop dare it. You. Just like Get every back. single thing is like ice bucket challenge, broom challenge, blah, 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 challenge. It's like, you can just do stuff without it being a challenge. You can also just ask other people to do stuff. It's okay. It doesn't have to be a challenge. Anywho. Um, I was hoping you would. Yes. The gist of it is that on February 10th, someone tweeted, I'm not, I'm not going to name and shame because I have a feeling this person was also lied to by someone else. Um, someone tweeted that thanks to the earth's unique gravitational pull on that particular day, you could stand your broom on its own and it would sit there miraculously straight up and down. Did you try it? Did not try it. Okay. Um, so... So right. I, I, this is something I've known about for a long time and been able to do because my physics teacher showed it to us a very long time ago. Um, but the, the truth about it is that you can stand your broom up any day of the year and it has no more to do with the earth's gra gravitational pull than anything else does. Um, so basically your broom stands on its own because it has a low center of gravity. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I like the theory that everybody's standing their broom up doing that. Yes, it caused the pandemic. Yes. That caused the rest of 2020. So I was going to, uh, yeah, I was going to get into that because um, that, yes, good. It, well, <laughs> first of all, it's just, I don't even know how to broach that because it's like, no, <laughs> it didn't do that. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, okay. <laughs> This is right back to you saying Hitler's alive. Um, I was just going to say, what if Hitler did it in Argentina? Oh my and gosh, that's what Jen? The hey Jen, are you German? I am. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, that. Listen, there, there are no web challenges that are likely to have opened a portal that caused a pandemic. Okay. We don't really talk about COVID very much on this podcast because this podcast is a nice reprieve from the stuff going on in the world. But in the context of how stupid this conspiracy theory is, <laughs> um, you can stand your broom up anytime you want to. You can do it right now. Um, I would do it right now if I wasn't inside of a sheet for it. You can do it anytime you want. Um, it just assuming that the bristles on your broom are flat enough for it to stand up. This, the, it has extremely low center of gravity. Um, basically, the very bottom of the handle to the very bottom of the bristles is where the center of gravity is actually in play there. The entire handle, it's not really in play very much. And so that's why you're able to do it. Um, you can you do it with real reason. What is it? Because the earth is flat. The earth is flat. You're totally cracked right here. <laughs> the earth no, um, shout out to Joe again, who doesn't want us to at him. And we're going to do it every episode for the rest of our lives. But Joe wants you all to know that the earth is shaped like a raptor. It's raptor shaped earth. It's his conspiracy theory he's been working on. If it was Joe, then how would brooms 
stand on their own. I don't the know. Earth was shaped like a raptor. They would fall over. I almost said rafter. I feel like we're falling apart here. <laughs> but anyway. Real topic. Save this for Conspiracy Cabaret. Yep. We're going to save this, the Conspiracy Cabaret, when we run out of all other topics, when we do, when we do raptor-shaped earth. <laughs> but yes, um, there's no portal. You can stand your broom up anytime you want. Um, it's super basic physics. Teach it to your kids. They'll really find it fascinating. Uh, it's a really good way to teach low center of gravity um, and how that can keep things from falling down. So like the the best way I've, I showed my daughter this um, to explain it to her whenever the whole thing was happening in February, because she was like, whoa, it's magic. And I was like, well, there is no magic. Physics is magic. Um, but I showed her, you know, the broom can't stand up on its head. Uh, if you flip it around, can't stand up. Center of gravity is up really high. Tiny little thumbtack it's standing on. Um, flip it over center of gravity is extremely low it stands up so that is the the physics of the broom challenge real talk though yeah, physics that? is magic and mm -hmm. there are so many just like easy challenges if i had to be a teacher i'd be a high school physics teacher throw out the word challenge on it and then your kids will be interested but there's just so many different little things you can do around the house to teach them about physics and it's cool. Like, they'll think it's magic. I'm going to make a, this is me teaching the world physics, which I have no qualifications other than basic, like, college physics one and two in lab. <laughs> like, that's my only <laughs> qualification whatsoever. But I'm going to start a new thing where I'm going to make a TikTok. I'm a youth. <gasps> have you ever seen a youth before? It's me, the youth. Um, I'm going to start a TikTok <laughs> where I'm going to say different things are challenges, but it's really just, like, run-of-the-mill high school physics, physics experiments <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna be like oh my god look at this challenge and then see if everyone will do it that's my new that's my new life goal just to teach people basic physics get people interested Honestly, in it i would watch you would thank you i don't have a tiktok though it means i would have to get a tiktok yeah but it'll never be vine i'm shooting this one out to shout out to tiktok you'll never be vine <laughs> you'll never be that cool but yeah you're up it's all you lady you yeah. finish it out I'm going to talk about pineapples. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, specifically, I forgot to look up how this world, word is pronounced. Oh, yes. A pineapple phenyl. I do, maybe. Phenyl. Sure. Phenyl is probably the better way to say it. A sure. pineapple phenyl. All right. <laughs> a phenyl is what may be on top of a flagpole, a gate, a spire, or even... A bedpost. Ooh. So it's basically a very fancy decorative bed knob. Um, or like if you see like an eagle on top of a flagpole, that's a finial. Um, specifically, they kind of came into popularity for beds and bedposts in colonial times. Okay. Because a common theme among bedpost finials was the pineapple. Do you know why? I don't, and I'm really hoping you'll tell me. <laughs> the pineapple was considered the peak sign of hospitality. Okay, that makes perfect sense, actually. Um, it was because, you know, pineapples were exotic, and um, it's believed that when Europeans and colonists traveled to these islands and tropical locations they were they would see that um the people there had pineapples everywhere and they decided that that meant that was that was like their sign of hospitality so 
it became so much so of a sign of hospitality that important guests were often placed in the bedrooms that had these pineapple finials on the bedposts to to ensure that the flex of hospitality and respect was clearly flexed. Um, And nowadays, flexing. Yeah. Nowadays, uh, if you go around a lot of, uh, like old colonial towns uh, or towns that were like part of the original colony. 13 original colonies. Oh no, you guys, she's gone. We can't ever get her back. She's too far gone. <laughs> Do you know that song? Um, I, I've heard it. I don't know what it's the from or anything. It's Alabama, Alaska, Arizona. Okay. Arkansas. I never, I never learned that. I've heard other people sing it, but I never learned okay. that. Because I recently found out that not everybody knows that song, (laughs) which is, that was like a shock because we were like, we had drilled that into our brains. Really? Oh no. I I don't think we were ever required to know every state in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Shout out to DOD schools. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, you go to these old towns, um, and you may see on some like historical buildings or like homes that are still like pretty like well-maintained um, pineapples in the gates on top, like as finials. Um, if you get a like legit historical bed, the bed knob may be a pineapple um, just because they would literally just started putting pineapples on everything. But I like that. Putting them on top of the bed posts was a main thing and guests like had to stay in that room with that bed. Because it's cool. That I want a like, pineapple bedpost now. Yeah. So if you like pineapples and you have pineapples all over your home, that just means you're really hospitable. That's neat. Um, I put pineapples in my smoothie. That's just about as much pineapple as I've got going on in my life. It's really hospitable to your organs. Yeah. I, my, my stomach feels very <laughs> welcome. That's cool. I had no idea the history of that. That's neat. I guess, yeah, pineapple is a very ostentatious fruit. <laughs> it's not a, it's it's not typically a fruit that I guess people would have just constantly eaten all the time. So that's cool. So that's why they specially used it for decorating because I like that. If you like, if you had to have your like this is this is the fruit that I associate with hospitality that I would give my if I had to give my guests a fruit, what would yours be? Hmm. Probably an apple. Okay. But well, if it, probably if it feels a Fuji right. apple. Oh, a Fuji apple. No honey crisp for me, baby. Um, I would do mango boy. Oh, I do love mangoes. Also, mangoes are a pain in the butt to cut, which I know how to cut a mango, thanks. So don't nobody tell me how to cut. I know how to cut a mango. I have a mango knife. <laughs> um but I don't know why it gets. I don't know why that gets me, but people every time you say a mango is hard to cut, somebody tells you how to cut a mango. Like I know how. It's still a pain in the butt to do. Yeah, that's like, probably why I didn't say mango. Is yeah. just because like the seeds like- ain't gotta be shaped like that. There's other seed <laughs> options, you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that one or um, a pomegranate because it's also very ostentatious. Um, pomegranate also is very yeah, very um metaphorical yeah pomegranate's a sign it used to be um i can't remember which queen it was but there was a queen that it was her sigil and it was um it's on it was on her 
uh, coat of arms also, sign of fertility. This wasn't, it was Persephone ate a pomegranate seed, right? Yeah. Yes, she fucking yeah, Hades and, with Hades. Yes, that's also no. uh, my baby's, one of my baby's middle names is Persephone. <laughs> so the queen of the underworld. Um, but yeah, pomegranates are really cool. So maybe that one. I used to have a pomegranate tree, as you know, because you've received pomegranates. Um, yeah. I had one in front of my dream home that I loved that I don't live in anymore. So <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm not mad. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, so that was really good one. I liked that a lot. That was neat. Yeah. That's I got out of this one. I can honestly say I got a breadth of information I did not know. Not a single topic you told me did I know the answer to any of those. Well, oh no, that's right. You said you didn't know anything about the skull. Bed yeah, I've never heard anything. about the, the skull bed knobs. So you yeah. managed to stump me. You're welcome. That's great because I love <laughs> and to say learn. Thank you, but I'm telling you, thank you're welcome. You. I it love learning. All over the place for both of us. We had a good yeah. variety of topics for this so we pick our so jen decides on the topics and we <laughs> discuss kind of like she doesn't like assign them but we're just like oh i would really like to have this one or like i'm kind of indifferent give me whatever and um i kind of like the ones where the topics are a little more narrow and difficult because then you really have to think about like, like instead, yeah tell you, not see to research people yeah because well there's ones like flesh and blood or like which is a warlock, like those ones where it's like, there is a whole lot of stuff to choose from. But yeah, bed knobs and broomsticks was a kind of a tough one. Um, I, over the last like week and a half, I had a note on my phone where I was like, every time I would read an article and I would be like, oh, that would fit and stuff. So that's usually how I do it. But this was a good one. There was a lot, there was a great deal of learning for me and some curling. And some curling. A little bit. Um, next week is Hearth and Home which will be another, I think, really good one. I'm excited about that one. I'm really excited. That's going to be a good one. It's 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 going to be finally us just removing ourselves at least slightly from spooky season because yes. we can never truly leave. Joke's on you. I'm going to do a haunted house, obviously. I will. I'll probably do something spooky. I can't help myself. I'll probably do something crime related. You know that I will. But um, if you, before we get into our conspiracy, nope, that's not it. Before we get into <laughs> Citation. Citation Street. I'm just thinking conspiracies. Um, before we get into that, if you want to support us or you like us or you think we're okay or you're a family friend and you feel obligated, um, please recommend us to other people. Please follow us on whether it's Apple or Spotify or however you're listening. Please follow us. Um, every single follow goes into our Kind of goes into the algorithm and helps us get recommended to other people. Um, thank you so much to everyone who is following us. It's awesome to see every time we grow. Mm -hmm. and, and we do want to grow because we love to do this. It's really fun. We love teaching each other stuff. We love teaching you stuff. And then please, if you have anything to say about a bed knob, a broomstick, a skull, if you personally fell through a ceiling um, with, with or without a sex worker, please email us at um, weirdflexpodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM us any of your cool stories, any of your cool topics. We just like to hear everything. Um, if it's fascinating enough, then we will share it with everybody else. Um, but that you can DM us at weirdflexpodcast on the Instagrams and we'd love to hear from you, but yeah, please recommend us to other people or share us or anything like that. Every share means the world to us. So would you like to get into Citation Street now? 
first, What's up? can I give a oh, shout, yeah, shout out, out to, yeah, Finley. to our boy Finley, mm-hmm. who really would love to see Kevin Hart as Miles Morales in the live action Spider-Man movie about Miles Morales. Yes. So we got to get that petition going. We got to tweet it. We got to share it. Yeah. Do what you can Mm -hmm. to help us and help Finley get Kevin Hart as Miles Morales. Yes. Finn is a close personal friend of the show. (laughs) <laughs> he's one of the one of the children of the collective and and he <laughs> wants to see this and i think that he should be able to yep yeah so that this is for you finley this one goes out to you little finn <laughs> one of our pals okay so i think i started so i'm gonna start out you do it girl okay. so for jumping the broom i got that from jumping the broom on the origin and meaning of an african-american wedding custom by alan I think it's Dundas. I don't know. I I think it's Dundas. (laughs) I wish I knew. I don't. It's if it's not Dundas, it's Dundas. But close enough. Went ahead and Dundas again. (laughs) I done Dundas. Um. So (laughs) the Harry Potter broom auction is from Barnabies.com. Why witches ride brooms is from the Atlantic. A very long and not safe for work article from the Atlantic. Um, Curling brooms is from. Science in Sport Evolution of the Curling Broom from a YouTube video that I watched from the Olympic Network and then also from watching USA beating Sweden in the Pyeongchang <laughs> Olympics final. <laughs> and a broom standing on its own, a uh, little debunking. Uh, I don't know if it was ever truly bunked, but I did debunk it. Um, and that came from mental floss and then just being existing on Earth on the internet in February. <laughs> All right. I got the devil's bedpost from playingcardsdecks.com. Mm-hmm. Um, all that info about Alp was from nacademic.com. Ed Gein's skull bed knobs. And if you want um, kind of a real quick summary and itemized list of items in his household, list verse on the 10 gruesome items Ed Gein made from corpses. Thank you. I do need that. Thank you. <laughs> the Ram's Head Tavern was from ChesapeakeLiving.com. It was a very good article about um, the person went on a like haunted pub crawl, which sounds amazing. That, oh, my God. Is the person you? <laughs> <laughs> um, and she actually posts photos and um, video clips of the tour guide leading and so that's where I got the story of Amy and the tour guide did a great job telling that story and the pineapple finials was from the blog um, on the history of finials and it was blog.outdora.com cool very neat yeah it's a good one Um, yeah so we're doing hearth and home next week um, super excited about it. We'll have some good stuff for you. And then we're going to start going into our holiday topics. So we are kind of already did with, with our spookies, but, um, we're going to be doing our Thanksgiving theme podcasts and then we're going to do our Christmas theme podcasts and it's going to be great. I'm very excited about yeah. this holiday season, but yeah. Me too. Thanks for, thanks for listening guys. I love sharing yeah. this with you guys. I hope that you're listening, whether you're on your headphones or you're in your car or wherever you are. I hope that you're enjoying things as much as we are. And I hope that you had safe 
Halloween. I hope you have a safe Thanksgiving and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye.